Hello and welcome to the Sacred Space Storytelling Podcast, a place where we will dive deep into epic discussions on birth, motherhood, womanhood, rites of passage, and so much more. We are your hosts, Lucy, a mama of four, a birth keeper, a women's worker, and a past midwife who has left the system in the pursuit of truly being with woman. And Christy, a mama of three, birth and pregnancy advocate, community service worker with a strong interest in the shamanic dimensions of the journey from girlhood into womanhood and beyond. Come with us now as we unravel today's conversation. Okay, welcome to the Sacred Space Storytelling Podcast, Season 2, Episode 3. Amazing. I've got Lucy here with me, of course, and the amazing Annie. Um, a little bit about Annie. Hey, Annie. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to this. We've both got our, we're, all three of us have got our babies with us, which is super cool because it is about integrating motherhood here and activating the matriarchal line again. So I'm going to introduce Annie and then she's going to tell us her story. So since childhood, Annie has been fascinated by birth. Annie began formal midwifery training in 2014 only to find the system to be unsupportive of women, babies and midwives and so made the decision to leave university. After unexpectedly falling pregnant at a young age, uh, Annie engaged privately practising midwives and pursued a home birth. The birth led to the realisation that any form of registered midwifery is contradictory in its nature. The next five years brought many lessons of ceremony, life, death and birth and in July 2023, Annie birthed a baby boy at home in the sole presence of herself and her partner. The birth was carnal, celestial, calm and wild at all, all at once and Annie birthed with confidence in motherhood and womanhood. Annie, you're amazing. I Sorry, I just like only just read that last bit for the first time. Then I'm like, oh, I just got chills all of my making that. <laughs> I'm like, I had to like, one? like, I don't know. <laughs> oh, no, I loved that so much. I just at the end there, I just got like goosebumps all down my arm. I was like, oh, yeah, girl. I love yeah. this. Welcome, welcome. I'm so welcome. glad that you're here. I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> um, and you've safe. got your baby boy there. Yeah, he's feeding, so hopefully that goes smoothly. <laughs> Should be fine. Yeah. And <laughs> how old is he now? Uh, um, three three months. So he was July twenty six. Don't ask me how many weeks that is. <laughs> I know. I don't. People ask me how old my baby is, and I'm like, I don't, I don't know. know. <laughs> you know, people ask me in the street. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> it is. <laughs> and he's your second your second earthside baby and earthside so i've had um yeah two full-term pregnancies um and two i had two early births last year mm-hmm. so i'll i think yeah they're really important parts of my story yeah so. yeah we'll hand totally. it over to you now and just start wherever your story begins you know where whatever feels like the right place to dive in We'll hand it over to you now. Amazing. Um, well, yeah, I've always, like as, as far back as I can remember, been obsessed with babies and birth. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. 
I remember when I was, I might have been 14, I found this like ancient um, midwifery textbook at an op shop. Like it was like from the 70s, like Miles Midwifery. Do you remember those, Lucy? Yeah. Um, and that thing became my Bible. I read, like I read it back the front, was completely just immersed in it, took it everywhere with me. <laughs> Um, and so I guess from that I had a very medical perspective of midwifery and I um, thought it to be really, like birthing to be really dangerous. Um, and it wasn't until I think it was year 10 or something at school we had to do like a persuasive language thing and um, I remember my topic was like home birth should be illegal and birthing is dangerous <laughs> Um, and then in my research, um, I think it was a Michelle O'Donnell book. I'm not sure. Don't quote me on that. But um, it described a birthing from the perspective of the baby. And I just mm. I little and I just uh, went, yep. oh, wow, like light bulb moment that this is, you know, just how traumatising it was, I think. And and my my topic changed from like hospital birthing should be illegal. <laughs> so I'm so glad that that where happened. Did, where did, did, do you reckon that that, like, was that always in, like, your thought process that home birth was dangerous? Like, what? how did you come about that part? That came from reading that textbook and, you know, those those midwifery textbooks are so... Oh, so it was from the textbook. Yeah, 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 okay. I have that textbook on my bookshelf yeah. <laughs> from Midwest. Oh, is that what you were looking at? Yeah, so that was like how I started really learning about, um, you know, like the mechanisms of birth was this this stupid old textbook that I got from Knopshop and, and you know, it's all, it's all medical, it's all, you know, dangerous and, oh, it's, yeah, it's it's just a very medicalized pathologized perspective of birth um yeah and so from that I was like you know babies are sacred and we can never hurt babies so they have to be born in hospital you know mm. to prevent things happening and yeah yeah um, yeah but then uh, it, yeah my perspective really changed after reading that book um and my yeah my topic changed from like my persuasive language you know topic changed from like home birthing is good <laughs> and we should all home birth. So, um, yes. My argument has changed. Yeah, it really did, full circle. Um, I left school, went straight into a Bachelor of Midwifery and pretty quickly was like, oh, this is not, this is not what I thought it would be. Um, again, it was just very very medical very it was basically nursing training I feel like there was, mm. it was not holistic at all I felt so unsupported um and there was not many people who were studying midwifery that hadn't already had children so I felt like a massive outcast um mm. and yeah I very quickly I think I can't even remember how long two and a bit years two years I was like I can't I can't do this I'm never going to register there's no point in continuing this is just a waste of my time I'm so depressed I hate this mm. so yeah dropped out <laughs> um 
And how I old had, were you? Oh, 19, 20, I reckon. Pretty young. Um, it's pretty yeah, crazy. Oh, how, like because I went straight from school to this this bachelor. Um, pretty crazy yeah. though, isn't it? Like that you go in that young and you can get like indoctrinated was, pretty quickly. Oh, like, well, that's the thing. The way to, unless... Yeah, really, really. And just the people running the course were, you know, they were nurses. They were these like mm. old, trimly kind of, uh, it was yeah. yeah I'm so numb and there was just no space to you know to I don't know I don't know it was just like so this messy. is the this is the way we've always done it and this is the way we're going to keep doing it absolutely and there was no room to question anything and there was no room to to feel you know Sorry, I'm not being very articulate, am I? There was just no room to to question and there was no room to say like, hey, you know, is this how we should be doing it? What 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 does the evidence say? You know, let's look at birth trauma and these outcomes. Yeah. How can we change this? It was like, oh, no. Like there was just no mm. space for that. I can and, 100% relate because and, I was, yeah, the same yeah. sort of almost exact same story. Oh, I, I remember, I think, in your episode, um, Lucy, talking about that and how you said that, um, you know, all the women that were studying were just like, oh, I just love babies so much. Like, mm-hmm. 100% that was the vibe. It was like, oh, I just want to look after babies. And there was no love for women and care yeah. for women and, and respect and reverence. Mm. It was just, uh, yeah, so I, I'm so... I'm so glad I left. I'm so glad I left. Um, I was, you know, I just can't imagine how much trauma I would have had if I'd stayed any longer, to be quite honest. So yeah. how long did you do it for? Did you do placement and stuff? I did a few placements. Um, I think it was two years and a bit. I didn't didn't graduate. I just, I thought if I'm going to do this, the only way I can do it is be private practising. And to do that, you need a million hours hospital mm. experience and there's just no way I can do it so what's the point it's just a waste of my time and money you know it's I was I I was exactly like you with my nursing degree I had like three or months to go or something and you know even the whole time I was doing it too I'm like this is not aligning with who I am why am I doing this but it's like no I want to do this because I want to have this degree and I'm going to go in there and I'm going to make a difference because I'm not like that you know one and everyone thinks that everyone thinks they're going to be this like unicorn new midwife who's going to come and change the system and you know it's too big you can't you can't it can't be changed from the inside out I really they change you it's yeah absolutely you just get forced into this mold and and that's it there's no room to practice authentically it doesn't exist like you you just can't not a thing yeah so I had a full like identity crisis because like my whole life I wanted to be a midwife and then when I realized I couldn't be I just was completely devastated I didn't realize that there was any other way to do birth work um Mm. so that was really hard and I ended up you know I thought I've got all this medical knowledge I may as well make use of it so I became a vet nurse which was also a mistake (laughs) Um, that's what do you mean a vet nurse 
Like so, so like you know, you take your dog or you whatever to the bed, oh, and like the yeah, veterinarian yeah, yeah. behind the scenes, there's nurses running the whole show basically. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I worked in a very busy um, emergency like clinic. So we're talking night shift, we're talking trauma, um, just. It was a really toxic workplace. That would have been heavy. Long hours, night shifts. It was so, so stressful. I did that for four years. Wow, long. that's you've got some amazing experience though. Oh, but it's not useful experience. <laughs> it, I, no, I reckon everything is useful experience. Well, in terms I of like, just wow, millions, yeah. I'm not I'm not doing that anymore. <laughs> yeah. But your resilience and like you just mm, yeah, more yeah. aware and conscious. Yeah, de- there was definitely lessons in that, but um, it's not yeah, a job yeah. I'm doing again in this season of my life. Wow. Um, yeah, for yeah, sure. So during that time, I was yeah working, working, working. Had no money, you know. I was wasn't saving the money I was making. Just going to gigs and parties and <laughs> hanging out with people. Um, I felt pregnant very unexpectedly. I was single. I just moved out, moved out into my own little little house. Um, How old were you? Uh, so I was 22. 22 yeah. when I fell pregnant in 2017. Um, I'd been in a sort of, what do you want to call it, like friends with benefits <laughs> relationship yep. with um, Henry for couple of years at that point a year and a bit at that point um and we you know we just had the best fun together but we weren't in a committed relationship we weren't living together we just sort of yep. hung out and, you know got yep. drunk yeah I get it, <laughs> yep, yep, I get yep. it. <laughs> say no more sister so, yeah so that was a big shock but um I just you know my whole life I wanted to be a mother and I was just so happy like so happy then you know I was 22 it wasn't planned I was single and so socially that pregnancy was really challenging and um Mm. you know I was related but when I told people I was pregnant they would go like oh no like shit what are you gonna do you know so that conditioning judgment comes in straight away and it's always the woman's fault too right and there was no there was I just feel like there was no celebration around it you know and I was just so thrilled and so welcoming and then everyone else was like oh like should you be doing this you know because you're almost going up against that whole nuclear family like like conditioning of what people believe is the right way to do it we are kind of yeah but um you know Henry was incredible he stepped up like no one else he was just the most amazing support throughout the whole pregnancy. Amazing. Um, he was really happy. So that was beautiful. Um, so I thought, oh, I'm not, I'm not doing the hospital thing. There's just no way that that's happening. Um, so I engaged the services of private practicing midwives um, who were really incredible support throughout the pregnancy. Like, as I said, socially, it was quite a challenging pregnancy. Um you know, and there were these amazing MAGA women and they really supported my transition into motherhood in that way. 
Um, but, you know, saying that it was a very medicalized pregnancy experience. Um, you know, I had most of the tests, most of the ultrasounds. I think I missed, a, I think I skipped like the GTT and like a few dating scans or something, but I, I was pretty much had the full, you know, did all the testing and everything. Um, birth was something else. Um, <laughs> it was, yeah, I mean, very textbook in the sense of, you know, the timeline of it. And we were really, you know, really, really, really great. I got up in the morning, had woke up with contractions probably 10.30 in the morning, had a shower, you know, went for a walk, wasn't experiencing pain, just like some twanging in the back. Twanging, is that a word? Like, I don't know. Twanging is a word. Twanging is a word. It is a word now. Like, like twinges and sort mm. of craving in the back. But it I wasn't. I get what you mean. Yeah, it wasn't pain. I didn't experience mm -hmm. it as pain. And we were, you know, we were having fun. And I went and got a massage and then um, popped into the chem. After that, I was like, oh, I might try and get a TENS machine. The midwives had said, you know, get a TENS machine. I was like, oh, okay. Went and got a TENS machine and then realised it didn't have batteries. So then we went to Coles and bought batteries. And I remember being in the supermarket and, like, having this contraction and having to, like, lean on the, like, aisle, like, ooh, woo. <laughs> <laughs> woo, that was someone else. <laughs> and then I love that you're in Woolies. I was like, what are we doing in here? Um and I, I must have, like, in hindsight, they must have gone from being sort of 10 minutes apart to literally being, like, a minute apart, like, so quickly. Because um, I remember, like, leaning on the supermarket aisle and then having to, like, sprint to the register between contractions. Like, I don't even wow. know. Just jumped. Um, yeah. So, Were you yeah. by yourself? Or were you looked like insane. No, Henry was with me, thank Henry goodness. Henry was with you, yeah. yeah. And so I was like, hey, we need to go home, like, right now. <laughs> so I went home, had a shower, um, went to my bedroom, and we just, we had the most beautiful labouring experience while we had it. So, you know, we were just, he was so in tune with me and he was, you know, pushing on my back in exactly the right way and you know I was just kneeling bless you um kneeling and breathing through them and it was really lovely um and I think my mum would pop in every now and then and be like oh do we need to call the midwives and I would say like no no it's too early it'll be hours don't bother and then I think I think at some point the decision was made to call them <clears throat> and so they sort of so had you planned to have your mum there? Sorry, was she? Yeah, yeah. So I'd moved, I'd actually moved back home to be able to afford, right. you know, yeah. thousands. It was like mm. $1,000, you know, and I'm I'm single. I have no money. Like, yeah. Um, so I worked like seven days a week that entire pregnancy to be able to oh, afford this. Right. So I moved back with mum and dad. They were really mm. supportive, really excited at that point. Um. So, yeah, they were, mum and dad were both there. Oh, I'm not sure if dad, I think dad like got home from work and heard me in labour and was like, I'm going to stay in the kitchen. Like, <laughs> was, I laboured. generation of men. Yeah, good on you, dad. Thanks, dad. Yeah. Um, I laboured. There was a birth pool that the midwives had brought and we planned to set it up in the lounge room, but it, I didn't make it to the pool. I was like, 
Wow. I couldn't move. Like by the, by the time that they were there and the pool was ready, I was like, I'm not, I can't stand up. Like, um, yeah, I think Hetty was like slightly posterior. So I had quite a lot of like back sensations. Um, and I sort of got stuck on my hands and knees and just like could not move. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So we, we had this really beautiful laboring sort of experience, Henry and I, and then midwives came in and the whole like atmosphere just changed it they sort of came bustling in and mm. did their tests and things that they needed to do fetal monitoring and palpation and blood pressure and this sort of stuff and I don't know it really interrupted the vibe and yeah you know I wasn't I wasn't in my body I, I couldn't I couldn't talk I couldn't advocate I couldn't even hear what they were saying you know I was just in this completely like alternate universe um and that they told me you know write a birth plan and stuff so I'd written this birth plan that had said it literally said on there like do not offer me dot 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 and you know in the list of things that I didn't even want mentioned was sterile water injections um and then you know I'd written instead of this massage and water and get me to change position and music and heat packs and you know um but they just basically straight away were like oh you need sterile water injections and I I just I wasn't I wasn't in my body I wasn't conscious I couldn't advocate for myself and next thing you know I'm leaning over and they're injecting me and I I feel like they're also not in their bodies either (laughs) right (laughs) yeah Um, I, I don't know. And I look back, I'm like, why? Why would they do that? It's And if I was so close to birthing anyway that if they wouldn't have done anything, like it was so pointless. I don't understand that, yeah. like, they just, Check yeah, this. like when I analyse it, I'm like there was literally no reason to do that. Mm. Like I can't find, even from like a medical midwifery perspective, I'm like, what? <laughs> why would you offer me that? I'm not sure. Maybe you have a um, theory on that, Lucy. What is the sterile water for, by the way? Bullshit is what it is. Um, <laughs> Thank you. That's my it's language. It's pressure points and it works with yeah, the um, gate control theory, which mm. um, is meant to block um, the way that you interpret yeah, pain. I mean, and pain. Um, yeah. I just Isn't think... that what the TENS machine does as well? Yeah, similar. Similar. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So it's, it's basically... Um, two one mil injections of sterile water into your like either side of your spinal column mm. I, I can't um, get it it was I cannot even tell you it was the most excruciating thing I've ever experienced they feel like life. bee stings going in it's really it's intense and especially like you was, wrote you didn't want that I can't believe they offered it was the most excruciating pain I've ever experienced in my life like I would I was really fine like we were I was breathing and you know I was in an upright position just gently breathing and moaning and then I went from that to screaming blue murder swearing my vision went like I blacked out I was completely wow that's horrific it was so horrific um but you know it got me on my back and when I look at it I'm like is that what they wanted? Like, did they want me supine? Like, I did because I was upright and then I was just, I couldn't stand up. I think I midwives know. have this idea that 
it's a really great oh, it's um, non-pharmaceutical yeah. form of pain relief for women who have a posterior labor. Like they have this idea that they probably thought they were doing the best thing for you to help you have a physiological birth. Yeah. But really what it was doing was being into it's just another like, form of intervention as yeah. far as like, and another and way not of being conscious and not being as Christy said in their bodies and being with you and reading the room like they were just doing but it's so like what we were saying before right like you know even just your midwifery like both of you I mean we can all relate we've all been in the medical system where it's like you um it, everything you pretty you work out pretty quick that it is very disconnected anyway because the training and the studying is disconnected absolutely so you're yeah. going to work from a place of also like disconnection and checklist as well where you're like you're not really like taking a deep breath yourself as a care giver and yeah, going, okay yeah. wait a minute I'm going to read this woman I'm going to read the room I'm going to read the energy and I'm going to go like what is this it's just going to be like no like intellect in the head checklist bang 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 and they also literally didn't read the birth plan how hilarious <laughs> like come on to write that and they just completely disregarded it but like I, I you know at no point did I say like I can't do this I'm in so much pain like help me but yet they just sort of bustled in and like mm. took over do you know I don't know yeah so, yeah I guess I left with this like kind of bitter taste in my mouth and you know like my whole life I was just like so excited to birth and you know it's like the only thing I ever really wanted to do was birth and be a mother and then I was like oh like is that it like is that what I don't know I just I left being like something something was up with that but I hadn't I hadn't put my finger on it because, you know, so far my experience of, you know, medical midwifery, I'd sort of gone, oh, well, um, private midwifery, home birthing midwifery is like the gold standard of care, you know. So I would, yeah. at this point I'm like I've done all the right things to be able to have this like amazing birthing experience and that just wasn't what happened. So I was really like confused and kind of like, mm, like what what was that? And um the poems had started to turn. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it was a couple of weeks later and I said to Henry, like, what what would you do different next time? Like, if we were to do that again, what, what would we do? And he goes, oh, I just wouldn't have called the midwives. Wow. So he was, like, way ahead on this road. Like, yeah. <laughs> and I, was, I, I said to him, like, dude, I don't think you can do that I don't think that's legal like <laughs> and he's like oh what am I allowed to do that yeah, I literally said I, I think that's illegal I don't think you can do that but he'd planted this like he'd planted this seed and then I just mm. kept thinking like oh my god imagine if they weren't there like imagine how great that would have been shit like <laughs> is this a thing that women do um so pretty much from then I, yeah, I was like, I think I'd, I'm not sure if I'd done some research and I don't know, figured out that, oh, wow, women actually do just birth without, you know, medical care and, and it's fine. And actually like millions of women do this all around the world. And, 
you know. So I guess I spent the next five years really delving into that and unlearning, <clears throat> learning, unlearning <laughs> um, my, my training and, um, like, yeah, relearning birth. Um, and, yeah, found myself in this place four years later of just being like there's no other way like that's it's the only way you know and everything else is um you know a massive interjection yeah so yeah we moved we ended up um I I guess the dynamics of our relationship really changed during COVID because we were kind of like co-parenting Hetty um we still weren't in a relationship but we were you know fine it was great we were really happy and co-parenting this beautiful baby and during COVID Henry ended up moving in with us just so he could spend more time with us because he couldn't you know you weren't allowed to travel and all this stuff and so we were living together and we were like oh this is actually really great maybe we should just live together (laughs) so um Henry moved in and then I think it was about a year later we ended up moving to Bansdale bought a house found this amazing, beautiful community of women, um, massive, massive home birth, free birth community up here, like huge. And so I just found my people straight away and was so supported in my choices and um, began supporting women in their pregnancies up here. So I basically, I don't even know, like I got here, moved to Bansdale, and then within like weeks there were people calling me being like, oh, you know, I'm pregnant. I'm thinking Wow. I was like how oh. like just it all just sort of fell into place and I was like wow this is you know this is where I belong so I um attended That's so awesome yeah it was amazing I attended a free birth um in October last year and um yeah quite often we get just calls from women in the community wondering what they should do or wanting to unpack stuff which is so beautiful so I'm sort of Wow, that's where do you live? So in Bansdale, so we're in East Gippsland. Is that um, up north? No, so Victoria. Down south. Oh, um, yes, okay. Yeah, Victoria, I don't even know. Like, I'm looking at the map, like along this coast of Victoria. Yeah, yeah, wow. <laughs> um, yeah, just I think we're like not sort of that far from New South Wales, like on the border. Yeah, I guess. yeah, I know, I know now. So you really are, you are a midwife. Well, and it took me a long time to reclaim that that title. Yeah. I mean, I think what I do is midwifery. Like it is. Totally. Traditional midwifery. Not a thing. Like that midwifery <laughs> doesn't exist in the context of like Western medicine. Um yeah but yeah it took me a really long time to sort of reclaim that title I guess because I yeah I just felt so lost in my my role in the birth world felt so lost for such a long time so yeah yeah um so where was that's amazing though that's such a that's so cool such a calling and it was oh I just I'm obviously you're on the right path too like it's you've been I love how the like how life works like that or the universe works like that like it does constantly nudge us on the path like really you don't get the point or like even just like you were saying Henry like that plant or that seed or there's all these tiny little things that just go oh get back on the path yeah I love that that makes me happy yeah it's amazing so moved here in um 22 and I 
we were planning on having another baby. So um, in, I think it was January, February, March, April, I think April, April or May, um, we conceived Ned. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's a big story. So Let's uh, hear it. it was just the most amazing experience. I was so connect like really in tune with my body and my cycle and really connected to him spiritually and just had the most beautiful relationship with that baby um so excited you know to sort of be in a phase of my life where pregnancy would be celebrated you know and to have everyone go like oh congratulations you know yeah. really experienced that with Hetty and um you know we just felt so ready as a family to welcome in another baby. Do you think that like even with your firstborn, how you said like a lot of people were a bit like that, but even because you were a first-time mother, even you felt a bit like constrict, you constricted yourself in ways as well? Like, like I think so. I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess I just didn't have the life experience to be like, fuck off, we're celebrating yes. So happy. It's like that energy because even you're like, oh, I don't want to make other people uncomfortable. Like, absolutely. Sort of make yourself small. Yeah. And I was still, you know, I was still playing, playing good girl. Like, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) um, Trying my hardest to anyway. And, you know, Mm -hmm. so, yeah. Yeah. But I guess I'd really, I'd really just welcomed. You okay? What's going on? <laughs> Papa. They're getting tired. Dylan. Um, I'd really sort of stepped into the season of my life and really sort of understood um just understood womanhood from a really different perspective at that point. So mm. yeah. I don't know if you could redo it. Hey, <laughs> there's lessons. In I just it all. feel like that. For, for the first one, like we talk about this all the time on, you know, within our business, within each other, with like talking to other women. It's, it's that transition, right? From maiden to mother is we're really sort of set up to fail from the beginning because we don't have the Marga women. We don't have the education there as females you know as you know to prepare ourselves for that yeah you're so right and I think particularly midwifery training which just all it did was hinder me in that transition so yeah and yeah and it's the obsession with the maiden archetype as well like it's yeah it's such a head fuck really it's really confusing like I feel like I was reading the book I think I lent it off um Lucy actually and it was like I it's shit how our first babies have to be the sacrificial lambs. Like how they, do you know what I mean? I know that that's a really gnarly way to put it, but it's in that book. And I was like, it is because my first is the same too. Like if only I could go back, like it breaks my heart. But, but again, like, you know, you get so much learning from it. Like if I totally, and that's it that I did with Hetty, I would not be where I am now. You know, there's, there's totally just- same left right and center so in a way I'm grateful I hate that we have this thing where like we have to experience trauma in order to like do better you know like oh why (laughs) I guess I think it is what happens I think it's 
that can be a pathway. But I also think as reflecting back on what you just said, Christy, like, and what we've been talking about a lot lately is that we don't have these wise women in our corner initiating us properly through that rite of passage. So for us, we're like this generation of women reclaiming motherhood Mm -hmm. and we're going to be these elders and wise women in the future. So it's like, so our rite of passage does look a little bit different. It does perhaps look like a bit more traumatic or because it's baptism by fire, it's us stepping up, it's us realising what we don't want and saying, fuck that, like we deserve better yeah. and doing it mm-hmm. differently um, the next time or, you know, the fourth time yeah. But for me. Um, but I definitely think it's not meant to be that way. I think yeah. if we had women who really were with women and knew how to walk with women over that threshold, it would look different. It would look so different and, and you know, society would be different. If we supported mothers mm-hmm. differently, the whole world would be a better place. Totally. I, um, yeah, I just, I think so that actually much. so much of the world's, um, you know, shortcomings relates back to birth. Like I feel like every, every aspect and the mother. Of, all aspects of humanity relate back to the way we birth and how we come into the world and there's just... I'm so sad by what the black how the birth world is, you know, for most women. I can't even think about it. It just makes me so upset. I feel like there's a there's a thing there's because I study um, social work and I've been studying a lot about feminism lately, and there's this um this branch of feminine called ecofeminism, and it's like how the earth is treated is how the woman's body is treated, and I just I really resonate with that because. It's so true, like, because, you know, the mothers and how we birth and and then how we treat the earth as well. Like, it's it's very, it, it really, like, it's all connected. resonates. And yeah, it's all connected. You know, yeah. it's, um, it's a really cool thing to look into. Anyway, you coming back to your your second pregnancy, had this little babe and you're feeling connected. She named him Ned and he was just Ned from the beginning. I don't know how she came I love up with that. Ned. <laughs> he was just Ned and we oh, we were just so happy. So, um, yeah, had the most amazing sort of spiritual journey with his conception pregnancy. Um, I was just feeling so, like, holy, <laughs> like, just so yeah. happy. Um, and I'd had, you know, this perfect pregnancy with Hetty, so there was no... I never thought that anything would go wrong. You know, it's like, oh, I did it before. It was perfect, you know, easy peasy, no problem. Um, so when I started, I had like some brown discharge at about 10, 10 weeks, five days, I think it was. Um, I was completely blindsided by that, just shocked to my core. Um, you know, it was late at night, so I thought, oh, you know, maybe it's normal, just go to sleep, see what happens in the morning. Um, I woke up with more blood and was just like, nah, I I need to, I just need to know if there's a heartbeat. And then, and then if there's not, I will process that and start healing and just deal with it. Um, But so at that point, I hadn't seen a doctor yet. I didn't have, I hadn't got any ultrasounds or blood testing or anything. So 
I went to the GP and got a blood test done. Um, cried in the GPs, cried at the pathology, like just cried, cried, cried. Um, was completely devastated. I think I knew what was happening, but I couldn't. I was just it. about to say, do you think you knew? You, you, you knew. I, like you... I, yeah, I knew that this was, you know, I was compl- it was so much blood, you know, that just, I was like, nah. We do sick. know though. I knew. In the cells I of our body, we just know. I wish I let myself accept it, but I just was like, oh, I need, you know, I need help. I need, I need answers. I need to know, you know, so I did what we do, you know. <laughs> When we want to seek information about our bodies, you know, what we're told to do, go to the doctor, go to the hospital. So mm. the um, the doctor, the GP called me and she just said, um, you're having a miscarriage, you're, you've got an infection, you need to go to ED right now. I was like, oh, gosh, okay, like maybe I'm bleeding because of the infection. Okay, so went to ED and I was so terrified that they wouldn't let me like keep the baby. Like I was petrified Mm. that they would take him, like wouldn't let me take him home. So that was so scary. So went there, they rechecked the blood. I didn't have an infection. So I don't know why. I I don't know. Um, And then they Mm. said, oh, your HCG is actually going up. You know, it might be fine. Go home. There's hope lie down, rest, it'll be fine. So I was like, okay, like, what? Okay. Um, went home and then, yeah, there was, there was more blood. There was so much blood clots. I was in so much pain having like these really awful contractions. I was so stressed out of my brain. Um, but then, you know, I guess the beautiful part of that is that all the women in my community just showed up so wonderfully to me. You know, I had women bring cake and soup and <laughs> bread and flowers and they just came and sat with me and really helped me through that experience. So that was amazing. Um, yeah, so medically it was very confusing because they were saying that, oh, you know, the HCG is going up. He's, you know, that means he's growing, but there was just more blood. So I think it was a couple of days later that he was born. Um, But at that point I'd been told that it was fine. So I was like, "Mm, okay, it's obviously not fine. So I went back to the hospital, like holding this baby in a little bowl and was just having the most horrendous contractions in the ED waiting room, like crying. And it was just awful. It was so, so traumatic and the system was so, so. It must have been so huge. Like, and I just think like it was so obvious what was happening, you know. I I had a bowl with a baby Mm. and I'm in a waiting room and all these people are just looking at me like, you know, that sucks. Like, yeah, it was was horrific and no one was honest. You just actually just needed to be held as well. I just, I wish I had have stayed home, but I think. I, I just didn't know. I was so scared. It was my first. Of course. It was yeah. my first experience with anything like that, and it was so much harder physically than I'd ever expected or learnt or heard that it was. Like it was so painful physically. Like my abdomen was burning, my legs were burning, my back, just everything was so painful, and um, you know that emotional aspect of it as well. It was just awful. Yeah, awful. I was gonna say totally yeah. well it's all connected it too like it's like a big I mean you, you lost your baby yeah That's and really I, really big I just wish that from the beginning 
they'd been honest with me about that. Like no one said, you know, this is it. Your baby's passed away. Just go home and look after yourself. And, you know, if you need us, we're here. No one said that. Everyone's like, oh, well, it might be, it might not be. Mm. We don't know. It's da-da-da. Like there was just, they were sort of skirting around the edges of this huge thing and um, there was just no honesty or respect for the experience. And then when he was born, it was just like, oh, you're young, go home, try again next month. Like, what? Like, I mean, so that would have been a really big experience for you. horrible. Like, it was so, so excruciating and I was just so, so sad and felt so, so broken and so... Mm let down you know like I was begging to be admitted I was like I know you have a maternity unit here just call an obstetrician like please put me in the maternity unit and they were just like no go home have you like just go home you're fine I'm not fine Mm. I'm like (laughs) so So ironic that when we want we want care from the system they won't give it to us and then what is going on so twisted like uh so yeah so that happened um and I think we just had a really hard year that year. So we lost Ned in July and then um, and then my, oh, my grandmother passed away and my uncle got really sick and they said that he wasn't going to make it. And so it was just death and trauma mm-hmm. for months and months and months. And I, grief. I could not see the light. It was just mm-hmm. really, really hard. Um, and took a while to get pregnant again. Um, my cycle was. Did you, sorry, if you don't, if you don't mind me asking, did you have like a, like a close, like some closure? Like, did you have like a send yes. off or a ceremony? Or I did, and that was. Yeah, I will talk a bit about that. So only if you don't mind. I'd... Yeah, yeah. No, it is important. Thank you for reminding me. Um, I'd called. I was really, really scared that the hospital were going to not let me take the baby home. Um, so I birthed like this really large sack like this massive tissue and I was looking at it and I was like that must be something but I didn't you know it didn't look like a baby so I that's why we'd sort of gone to the hospital so that someone could say yeah this is this is the pregnancy you know release go home but they couldn't you know they looked at it and they're like oh I don't know like (laughs) so useless so um we ended up taking taking it home and we opened it up and Mm -hmm found him and had a good look and I was calling funeral homes thinking like what are we what am I going to do with this thing like we have to you know that's my baby we can't just throw it out like we have to do something about it and I was questioning like I was wasn't sure if like legally what what you could do with that like because for me I'm like it's a baby like you can't just bury a human body in your back garden you know but turns out you can um if you can weeks I think it is and then the the government gets involved but so we we did some googling I ran I rang a few funeral homes and there was cremation services offered and things like that but it was really expensive and we ended up cremating him at home and we had this beautiful fire and music and we cremated him and bought a little urn and so got a little urn from him and I bought like a little crystal pendant. So some of his ashes are in a little crystal pendant. So that was all really helpful and really nourishing to sort of um, mm-hmm. just, yeah, like hold space for grief 
in that way. Um, yeah. I'd also yeah. been speaking. Really important. It was so important. But again, like no one told me like, this is what you can do. This will help. Mm. Like I, I just had to sort of learn as I went and I had no idea, you know, and I, I just, I wish that there would, there was someone to guide me through that because yeah. it would have so much, tra- like so much time, so much trauma. Yeah. But, and again, yeah. that's what we're missing, isn't it? Like having those those wise women in our communities, those hands that know how to hold us through all of these moments in our motherhood journey. We're winging it. We're working it out ourselves. We're initiating ourselves. We were and it's- how, like how to cremate, like how to do, like, you know, just. <laughs> Wild. It's ridiculous. Like why is there not someone you can call that says, these are your options and I'll email you all the options. Like, and, and, you know, I just keep thinking like every interaction I had with the system through that, that, through that week. So as I was in labor for quite a few days before he was actually born, you know, I bawled my eyes out at every single interaction and none of those people referred me on to any sort of mental health support. Mm. Uh, You know, it just, it blows my mind. Like the amount of points of interaction I had and no one was like hey like because we're so bad at sitting in discomfort and especially with death or things like that we just want to sweep it under the carpet yeah you're so right and it was really interesting a couple of months later to experience my grandmother's death where there was you know a system to support it you know this is what we do we organize Mm. do that we prepare the body like this and you choose clothing and and da, 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 like all these processes, but then for Ned, there was nothing. No one yeah. said you do. And I, but I'm thinking I've, like, I've, it's the same thing. I don't understand. Like, it so, should be like like common knowledge, like between the sisterhood and like, like you yeah, know, with encapsulated with all the birth and the death yeah. and the transitions. Like, if this was common knowledge, where you like, oh, you know, where you have your community. Mm. Well, we're going to be, we're going to be those, you know, we are wise women in training, aren't we? Like we're going to have this knowledge for when the next generation of mamas come through and for your community, Annie, like you're that. And yeah, yeah, like, so I think it was a couple of maybe a year after Ned was born, oh no, a bit less, um, a couple of women in my community did have miscarriages and I was, you know, I was the woman that they called when that happened. Mm. It's got chills. So that you know, I, I, I don't want to say that, like, there was benefits to that experience, but, you know, I learned a lot from that and I learned about death and ceremony and holding space and reverence. Um, so I'm, I'm sort of glad in a way that I learned those lessons to be able to support other women in my community from a, from a place of knowing, like, true, true, true understanding. So, yeah, i I wish that wasn't part of my story, you know, <laughs> um, but I'm glad in a way as well that that happened, you know, and, yeah. and, you know, Ned, you know, that was his, whilst I want him, I still want him on earth more than anything in the world. Mm. He had, you know, a higher purpose. And I think that maybe he just needed to be loved by us and wanted so very much and maybe that's all he needed to experience on earth and then he'll move on you know to somewhere else and do whatever somewhere else Mm -hmm. so 
yeah (laughs) and you know you actually do know like them words have weight to them they have meaning you do know that as as his Mm. mother and he's giving you such beautiful medicine to be able to pass on to other women you know yeah I'm so thankful that we got him I really am (laughs) yeah so um yeah we really wanted to have another baby so we um spent the next you know a couple of months trying to conceive again it took a while um and I fell again in October knew straight away like knew straight away that I was pregnant Mm. just could feel it I, I was so connected to my body at this point um and I was thinking oh well you know I'm so healthy Hedy's pregnancy was perfect you know Ned's that was it you know that was a fluke it can't happen again and then it happened again so mm-hmm. I think I'd, I'd only just tested positive like I'd known I was pregnant for a couple of weeks but I'd only just tested positive um and then about three days later I started bleeding again but it was a really different experience. I think I'd, I'd learnt from Ned what to do and what not to do. And so I went home. I stayed in bed for a week. I cried. I drank tea. And I just let my body do what it needed to do. Um, and I didn't, I didn't go into the hospital at all. I didn't seek any medical attention whatsoever. I just kept myself really nourished and hydrated and just allowed myself space to grieve and to let go of that pregnancy. And physically it was so much easier yeah. and mentally wow. so much easier, um, which I think is really telling to, you know, the benefits of, well, the benefits. Trusting ourselves. Yeah, trusting my body and just allow, like obviously I was completely devastated, but just allowing it to happen and, and having this understanding of, you know, this is, it's part of life, you know, unfortunately death is part of life and, you know, that that baby got what it needed from me and then it moved on. And um, Mm -hmm. yeah. So I felt really connected to that little spirit as well. They were like, so like when I was pregnant, I felt so like creative and like abundant and like joyful. Like it's just this beautiful little strong, kind spirit. So she was amazing, and um, oh, I, I immediately did see a girl in my vision. Then, I yeah, like, I, I, yeah, I have a feeling. Yeah, it was a beautiful, yeah. beautiful little soul. But yeah, that she had higher places to go as well, and um, so that was interesting. <laughs> Another mm. experience like that. But as I said, it was what almost. What was the time frame between that? So Ned conceived in May. And this baby was conceived in early October. Um, So it was, and then between that time, my grandmother, like we'd had so much going on that year. It was just a full on year. Um, And I I guess to, to be so close to the end of the year, I sort of had in my brain like, oh, this will be like the happy ending, you know, and then it wasn't. So I was just, I was so, felt so defeated, but then also, a year of initiation for you. Same time. What was that? Sorry, Christy. Like a, a big year of initiation for you. It really was. It really mm. was. Yeah. So, um, and it was it was also interesting. Like I was like, oh, you know, to just to have like 
so many pregnancy announcements in three years, uh, like, sorry, in one year to have like three pregnancy announcements. I was like, this is just like asking a lot of my community to just like <laughs> over and over, like no. grieve with me and do all this stuff. So I was really like weird about that. Like, do I tell people? Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, so because it was so, so early and I'd really only just found out myself, um, we kept it pretty quiet, but I did have a lot of women show up for me again which was incredible and I talked about it I still talk about it really openly with people about it and you know what helped and what didn't so yeah yeah. um and then I'm still like I don't even know how this happened but I reckon within about 10 days of losing October um I was pregnant with Ardell (laughs) Like, I don't even know how that happened. <laughs> that I even ovulated. I Because it had taken a while to get pregnant again after we lost Ned, I was sort of expecting it to take a while. So I was really, really shocked when I found out I was pregnant with Ardell, like literally in the same month that I'd lost another baby. So that was mm. shocking. <laughs> um, yeah. And I, I did a test eventually, but I was um, really connected to my cycle, you know, doing um, yeah, yeah. fertility awareness method. I just was like, oh, shit, oh, my God, I'm pregnant. But you, like, don't you reckon you just know? Like you just, I, you I, almost I, feel it as soon as that sperm enters that egg, you're like, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. I, I felt my cervix and my cervix was closed and I was like, oh, I'm pregnant. But I was like, how did that happen? Like I don't even think I ovulated yet, like. I think my cycle was still a bit whack and I was like, oh, what, like, what is going on? This is crazy. Like, I just can't, I can't do this. This is too much. So they were just ready to come in. Oh, he was there. Um, (laughs) So I think, yeah, it was a bit of a, the, the early pregnancy was just such a whirlwind. I was really anxious, but also Ardell was like, so good at communicating from so early on like I felt all the symptoms so early like crazy early like nine weeks I could feel him moving like I could feel him kicking and wiggling around he was so good at letting me know that he was okay you know so I think while I was a bit anxious I was also just felt so pregnant so soon that Every day I couldn't deny that I was pregnant. I couldn't deny that this baby was so strong and so healthy and so here and so in their physical body, you know, like I guess when I look back. Yeah, it was amazing. When I look back, I can sort of like the symptoms that I was having were not like, you know, that those babies like weren't in their physical bodies, I feel, but Arda was, he was there, (laughs) like, so I, you know, nausea, my breasts felt different, my abdomen felt different, my back, my leg, just I had all the physical symptoms like times 10. Um, yeah, so just kept going, kept living, <laughs> didn't really go in and get any testing done, didn't engage the services of anyone really. Um, so did you decide from the beginning, I mean, from I guess your first or your second pregnancy, had you already decided that you were going to have a pregnancy without a midwife yeah. present kind of thing? Yeah. Yeah. I was at this point I'd done like a full circle on midwifery and I was like, mm. who does this? 
not like it all it does is hinder people's experiences and yeah that it's just completely contradictory like you can't work for a woman and work for your you know the legislation your um what's it called like um your registration or whatever you just yeah registration body yeah you can't you can't support both these things at the same time it just doesn't exist it's contradictory Mm. in its nature so yeah either in or you're out and I was so out at that point I was just I was actually like fearful of Mm. all intervention like going to the hospital to me is like I I'm so scared of that especially with with pregnancy I just think Mm. the further away I am from the hospital the safer I'm going to be like for this pregnancy I can relate I was just terrified of them and you know all I hear and all I see is trauma and like even you know you like a good birth in the hospital is like still involves vaginal exams still involves timing and testing and weighing and like well that's just normal isn't it in there Oh, like this is just so gross. Like I don't want anything to do with this. So, yeah, I didn't even tell my GP I was pregnant for like months and months and months. And then when I did, he was actually really on board with um, supporting me and how I wanted to support. Like, I love when that happens. Yeah, I just told him the truth and was like, there's no way I'm going in. There's no way I'm accepting your referral for an obstetrician. I'm just going to look after myself. He was (laughs) whoa okay well let me know if you need anything <laughs> that was amazing amazing <laughs> yeah, because you're going in there with confidence yeah. when you're like when a woman yeah. walks in and they and they talk like they um and trust themselves it. and they talk and really like take responsibility for the consequences yeah that's an energy yeah that's a, was, like i ain't gonna fuck with this like <laughs> that's like the goddess carly carly like uh-uh. i know what i'm talking about here brother and what's amazing is like after my experience with that GP, like heaps of women in the area, like go to him now. And he's like, not, he's not obstetrically trained at all. So he's like, ah, like, why are all these people coming to me? News <laughs> spreads fast, man. <laughs> yeah, he's great. <laughs> oh, he's a legend. So um, I think I had one, oh, how many ultrasounds did I have? Two, I think. I think I had two. I had the anatomy scan. Oh, I have a really interesting relationship with ultrasound. I don't know. I had the anatomy scan mainly because, um, yeah, so I was born with a condition called gastroschisis, if you're aware. Yeah. So that's when. Um, what the is that? If you don't mind me asking. Yeah, so it's when the intestines, stomach, sometimes other internal organs are born or, or develop outside the abdominal wall. So, like, when the baby's born, they literally have, like, a gaping hole in their stomach with all the organs. I've like, heard this, yeah. So it can be extremely dangerous, obviously, especially back in the day. Like, those babies didn't make it. Um, it's incredibly, incredibly rare. Um, so I was diagnosed with that at what would have been the anatomy scanning back in the day so like 19 weeks so I I have this weird relationship with ultrasound like it's not like I I can't disregard it entirely because of totally 
experience, but then I also mm-hmm. feel that it's completely overused and all it does is pathologize babies and women. So I'm like, yeah. So I got it's the analogy. Just, but it's good to just have there as a choice, right? Like if, if exactly. a woman wants to do be. that and they choose to do that, like, why not? Yeah, you're so right. It should be a choice. And so I sort of got that done just to tick the box and he was perfect. He was always perfect. So it was fine. And sometimes um, that um that just peace of mind to be able to drop more into your body and yeah that's right yeah and especially when you're when you're you've got gastroschisis as sort of in the back of your head it's not they haven't found genetic links with it but like to be able to manage a baby with organs hanging out of its body at home like it's yeah nah that's too big like that I chose to have that scan and that was but I felt really in my power having that scan and it was for similar reasons in that I knew that um like I wasn't going to have any one there and I just wanted to be able to fully surrender to the process and know that my baby was going to be able to transition to life and had everything intact and it was like Mm. but then I know some women fully don't need that because they're they just don't so it's again it's just that mother-led mother-led care like what you feel is going to be helpful to you and your experience and to connect more deeply with your body and journey you can choose it's like yeah yeah tap in and tap out of, you know, of those tests and the system and or completely so tap out. Yeah. Yeah, you're so right. I, I wish well, they're just that, tools, right? They are. Yeah, they're, they're resources. tools are completely overused. <laughs> but I think, you know, they're there yeah, for totally. Yeah, and, um, you know, for, for me and, and my mother, I'm really glad that, that ultrasound was available because that my story would have been very different in terms of, um, you know, caring you know for a newborn that sort of I think the difference is like if you're consciously choosing a test and you have really good reasons why you're having that test Mm -hmm. for you you know that's the difference between just going like ticking a box and going through all the tests that Uh, routinely are offered and there's no it's all fear-based and yeah yeah really like understanding why we do everything Mm. and you know like why do we do the GTT and and then like you know, assessing my body and my life and my baby. Yeah. And, going, I don't and what's it giving you? Like, because obviously there's always going to be a pro and a con to every test. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. Yeah, with, so right. I've had really negative experiences in past pregnancies with ultrasound that really impacted my pregnancy journey. And so, yeah, it, you need to be really aware of that because it's I'm aware of their limitations like mm, you know, exactly into an ultrasound and are told here's you know what we can pick up and here's the margin of error and mm-hmm. here's a full like this is the limitations of this device people are just told we can you know it's like a window into the womb and but it's yeah. completely true and ugh, there's just so many false like there's room for so much I error think- Ultrasound leads to interventions. I really believe that it's what's well, true. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I have a I have a weird relationship with ultrasound. <laughs> but for this pregnancy, you yeah. consciously chose it, and it was in your power that you chose that. Yeah, yeah, I definitely and yeah, he was perfect, so there was no problem there. And the only other sort of interaction with the system I had was um, I started getting Braxton Hicks like the most insane Braxton Hicks from about 19 weeks. And that literally, they went on every day, multiple times a day. 
um, for 20 weeks. So the first time it happened, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm in labor. Like literally I was like hands and knees, like moaning, like really, really full on, really strong Braxton Hicks um, from, from quite early. Well, 19 weeks early, a bit early. Um, I hadn't had them with Hetty at all. So I was like, oh, what is happening? Um, and I think I let myself get really dehydrated and I think I had a UTI and I just, I felt really, really sick. So I ended up going in just to sort of get checked and then they're like, oh, you know, they measured the fundal height and they were like, oh, he's measuring too small. And I was like, I'm huge. What are you talking about? And then I'd had another, like they wanted to do a dating scan after that and get this. So they, they like measured the fundal height and they're like, oh, he's too small. And then the next day I went in to get the dating scan and they're like, oh, he's measuring a head. And I was like, oh, which one is it? Like, <laughs> come on, like at least be on the same page with like your bullshit, you know? <laughs> so I, I was like, oh, fuck it, I'm not. This is so useless. Like, I don't know, for me that's the system in a nutshell is just like no one's on the same page about what, what the story is. They're just making it up as they go along. Like, so I was like, yeah, okay, yeah. I'm out. um so I didn't I didn't have an OB so in in East Gippsland well in Bansdale anyway there's like it's so weird you automatically get referred to an obstetrician like there's that's it like in Melbourne it's like you know there's all these different as soon as you see the GP yeah they literally just send you straight to an OB and I'm like can I see a midwife I've never been to an OB like it doesn't exist here it's literally OB or nothing. What? And so I was like, oh, well, I'm not oh. doing that. Like there's no way that's happening. So I just didn't, just never saw anyone. I checked in with the GP yeah. every now and then, but that was it. Just looked after myself. Yeah. Help, you know, was eating really well. And yeah, I was fine working, looking after Hetty, living life. Um, so I stopped work a little bit early just because of the Braxton Hicks were like, like just insane. I was doing disability support and aged care at the time. <clears throat> um, I've been oh, doing that. would have been gnarly on your body. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And also like <laughs> on my mind, like, you know, you really have really? to show up people mentally and emotionally. Yeah. And I just couldn't, I, I couldn't do it, you know. Um, Such an underestimated job, that one. Hey? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Don't get me started. So yeah. So I've been disability supporting since Hetty was, a baby um and I love I love that work so much it's so Mm. true to my heart (laughs) it's Um, so rewarding too isn't it like it really is like it's so cliche to see that but it is like it's very heart-centered so much yeah um yeah so I left work a little bit early um and then just had the most blissful last couple of weeks of pregnancy just you know staying at home and looking after myself and gardening and listening to music and it was just beautiful I'm so glad I had that time um I wish I wish every woman got that time you know like when I think back it's heaven hey (laughs) yeah and it's you know just being pregnant is like so much of a mental load like like I just couldn't I couldn't show up for people you know I was so in my body and in my brain that I, I was basically useless like in all aspects of like <laughs> yeah. you know everything. Well, when you're so when you let yourself connect, um, yeah. and yeah. well, 
connect in like I because I worked so much with my first and second oh, and I was like with prim I'm like how did I do that but I must have been I was disconnected that's the like, thing and looking back like Hedy I think I were I was working like full time up until like 37 weeks like I don't know how on earth I did that like same night shifts weekends like I'd be on mm. call like just I have no idea how no, I managed it, it gives that. me anxiety like working I don't know I think it's like just yeah I it just gives me anxiety because I'm like oh god I think because I, I did it and I'm like oh with like just oh, just, you just only get that time once yeah, absolutely it's so true so I'm so I'm so glad I had that time with him and just to really look after myself and yeah just be in my body and you know allow it to all flow and <clears throat> surrender to all protect, the protect your energy as well just protect yeah. it just for, yeah. for that moment you know yeah it was beautiful so how many weeks was I I was oh, I'd had like I hate the word false labor but the week the weekend before he was born like the week before I'd had just this like insane need to exercise and so I was like hiking and like lifting weights and like maniacally like walking all over town and it would make me have these really strong contractions so I was like oh yes it's doing something and I'd just be like hiking with like a backpack full of groceries like just like an insane person and I'd come home <laughs> yes we're gonna like have a baby woo and then I'd hop in the bath and just it would just like stop <laughs> so after that so I had like a week basically of just like doing so much exercise like crazy like running and walking upstairs and like yeah and it didn't do anything it just made me so irritable and like tired and so I what is like talking to you yeah it was I don't know why on earth and maybe like I needed to do that to sort of get my muscles into you know yeah you know, there might have been like a biological reason for that. I'm, I, I assume totally, because I'm, I usually don't feel like exercising. <laughs> yeah, it's um, like we, it, our body's always talking to us, though. It's like, what, yeah, you know. Um, but it really, I think, because it didn't do anything, I really just spent the next week just resting. So I literally stayed in bed like all day <laughs> for the last week of Amazing. my pregnancy so good it's like seriously like how it should be <laughs> it was the best thing I could have done for myself um and I was pretty I was pretty done at that point so I was 40 weeks two days and I was just like okay like wow I'm not I'm not I'm not vibing with this anymore like Hedy I think I was like <laughs> nine weeks and I had I felt like oh I could do this for another month like didn't even feel pregnant kind of yeah. thing but with yeah. Ardell, because I'd been getting these really strong physical sensations from so early in the pregnancy, I was like, oh, my body was like tired, mm. so tired. Um, yeah. I, I was just so ready to birth. I was so excited to birth again. Um, so we set up, we've got this little bungalow in our garden. It's just like this decrepit little building that's just like, falling down and we keep saying oh we'll knock it over it's you know it's just falling apart anyway but we were like oh last hurrah so we like put a tub in it and decorated it all and made it all beautiful so I had like this room in my garden that was just dedicated to birthing and so I spent lots of time meditating in that room and just sitting there and you know it was a really lovely space um 
So Tuesday 26th, which was like two days after Hetty's fifth birthday. <laughs> I was so scared that they would share a birthday. <laughs> um, Wait, what month is that? So July. So she was July. on the 24th. Is that, is that a ca cancer? Is that um, cancer? Leo. Both Leo. Oh, yeah, Lucy's. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Just ticked know, over into Leo please. season. <laughs> I'm going to have little Leo babies. <laughs> um, what yeah, star sign are you? It's debatable. So I'm on the cusp of Leo and Virgo. I'm 23rd of August. Oh. So I'm like, mm. to some astrologists, I'm Virgo. And according to others, I'm Leo. I feel like I align more with. Virgo than I do with um Leo but then I don't know my mother would probably argue that I was more Leo <laughs> I don't know <laughs> a, a bit a bit of both I reckon if you're born on the cusp you can sort of inherit traits of both I'm on the cusp Lucy, of um yeah, I was gonna say cancer Lucy. and Leo oh, and I'm 23rd totally of July of big energy <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's yeah, yeah. Lucy, Lucy, you so are a bit of both of them too I wish I knew more about astrology. I I don't know that much about it, but yeah, <laughs> all that I have sort of it's, of mode, it's so, so addictive. <laughs> um, yeah, so two little Leo babies. I have to always ask everyone that question. <laughs> what star sign are you? <laughs> um, so head, yeah, head was on the twenty fourth of July, and I was like crossing my legs. I really do not want them to be sharing a birthday, but then I sort of thought it would be really funny if they were. <laughs> So I look back, they must have been conceived on exactly the same day, like five years apart, which I just think is the most amazing thing because my like estimated wow. due date was literally like her birthday, which, uh, yeah, wow. it's just like, uh, yeah, I really want to you know You must more be just really that. horny at that time. It's really fertile, late October. Spring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, yeah exactly spring energy yeah um so my water broke on the monday night i think it was um at about 10 30. oh it felt so good <laughs> my goodness it was the best mm. feeling ever just like so much like release of pressure just oh, it was the best sensation um and then just like nothing happened i was like kind of yay the show's started and then just nothing happened so I was like mm, okay I guess I'll just like go to bed like <laughs> we're all like waiting for you know something to, to start a baby to come out and that all right let's go to sleep so I had a really really beautiful deep sleep that night um and woke up at about 4 30 with with sensations um but they weren't they weren't painful they were really you know I could feel them but you know it was kind of just like tightening and pressure and so I just lay in bed um watched a really random documentary about football even though I hate football um just to take my mind off it <laughs> thanks Adam I so get it though <laughs> I, oh, I hate of goods. but I was like oh it's a really good documentary actually <laughs> um what is that it was so it's a document there was two two documents I don't know why I, I think I was just looking on like Netflix or something just for something to watch you know it was 4 30 my family just was just 
thing and I just needed something to take my mind off it. So I ended up watching this documentary about like his football career and oh, I hate football. I think I know the one. Documentary. It was really well but done. It was good. Yeah. <laughs> it I'm going to watch that. Purpose. It, you know, fulfilled its purpose. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, you could just turn yeah. off a bit. Yeah. <laughs> Henry um, Henry took Hetty to kinder and she came in and she gave me just like the biggest, most beautiful cuddle and then she, bye, Mama, I'm going to kinder now. <laughs> okay, bye. So she went to kinder and then Henry came back and he had a bunch of like work meetings that he needed to do. So he was in the garage doing that and I just hung around the house for a bit, you know, did some washing and house cleaning and things and then was like oh I feel like going for a walk so I went on this big beautiful walk all around town and I was really like I wasn't like hiking like I was the week before it was like a really slow gentle walk and then every now and then I'd sort of stop and lean on some random fence and people would be looking at me like are you okay I'm like yeah just like Hi, having a baby. I have no idea. <laughs> in a different realm, like, hey, <laughs> mother and, hen. Yeah, it was so beautiful. And went and I was determined to finish this um craft project that I'd started for the baby. So I like went to the craft store and like, bought thread and walked all around town and <clears throat> went and had a big beautiful lunch at my favorite cafe and I was like sitting in the sun and like eating and oh my god I love you so like, much so fun <laughs> so fun like that sounds like day. absolute heaven <laughs> yes. I just I'm I'm there with you right now I'm like I'm it there was, oh it was so great it was so fun and then um I I think it was uh I was probably out of the house walking for about two hours and then I called Henry. I was like, yeah, I've got to go home. Like, you got to come pick me up. <laughs> like, um, and I think people were like, oh, like, like I could feel eyes on me. Like every time I'd, ha- I'd have a surge, yeah. like lean over, you know, and I was really yeah. letting myself just do it. So I wasn't like pretending it wasn't happen. I'd like have a contraction just like, on the street like like you know really feeling into it so people like Ugh. um but the birth energy like it's like no other energies like that of course eyes were on you people are like what are you okay like yeah i'm just in labor like um so henry came and picked me up yeah <laughs> took me home um he kept working for a while and i just yeah i, I finished the sewing project so i was like frantically like stitching this thing um and like you can tell like when I look at it and I went, when I look at it now the stitches just like get wonkier and wonkier <laughs> yeah, so yeah. <laughs> about 4 30 and I was like oh, I can't I can't do this anymore I need to I need to concentrate on this I can't like um you know redirect my energy onto something else anymore that's not happening so I just um hung out in the bedroom, listened to music. Henry came in, checked on me every now and then. <clears throat> and I had a really big cry, which was, I'm not a crier. So that, yeah, that was, I think, really a sign that it was sort of on. Like at this point, I yeah. nothing would make me believe that I was in labour because I'd had Braxton Hicks, like the most insane Braxton Hicks from 
19 weeks. So I felt like I was in labor from 19 weeks, like for 20 weeks, basically. I'd been having these sensations, so it wasn't anything new to me. Um, But I had this big cry and I was listening to music that we'd played at Ned's sort of farewell ceremony and just like crying and crying and (laughs) surging and surging. Um, And Henry came in, I think, about 4.35 and was like, I'm going to run the bath. And I was like, no, it's too early. Like, it'll get cold. And it's like, okay, I'm, I'm going to run the bath now. It's like, whatever, <laughs> like, don't do it. <laughs> so he just, like, gently and quietly insisted. And then he said, okay, it's ready. You can come in. So I stripped off and went into the bungalow. And um, we nicked this beautiful old, like, clawfoot bath from my parents' paddock. Mm. Um, it's like, Whoa, love that. Can I borrow that? (laughs) Stole their bath. Um, so it was so it was so wonderful to be in the water. It was so relieving. Have you got photos of this? Mm, Yeah. So Henry basically on your Instagram. Yes, I think not all of them, but quite a lot of them are. I'm gonna stalk you. Oh yeah, have a stalk. Let's have stalk after this. Yeah, we've got some beautiful photos in the bath and I was so relaxed in there and, you know, we were just like laughing and talking and listening to music and it was beautiful. It was so lovely. The most, Mm. like the thing that I remember most is being absolutely starving, like so, so hungry, like more than, more than labor sensations. I was absolutely starving. So I was like, oh my God so hungry like what time was it like 5 36 I reckon I was probably in the bath for about an hour and I was just like and I'd just gone out and had this massive lunch at a cafe I was starving like it was so unpleasant to be that hungry (laughs) so we were like did you eat I was like let's order Indian so we ordered this like massive Indian banquet right and I'm (laughs) envisaging like it was free delivery, so we just, like, kept getting food. We're like, add this, add rice, add naan, like, like all this food. Yeah, yeah. And I was envisaging, like, eating all this beautiful food in the bath and then, like, having a baby, like, six hours later and the baby was literally born, like, I think within minutes of the food, like, arriving. It was What? Hectic. It was hectic. So you would have had, like, a hectic feed afterwards then? Oh, it was so great. I, like, had this massive Indian yeah. with my baby. Oh, it was so great. <laughs> that sounds perfect. That's ideal. Beautiful. Um, so I was in the in the bathtub for about an hour and, yeah, as I said, like, completely unaware. Like, I'm not sure if it was, like, in denial or if I was just, I don't know, if I birthed in denial or it just really, it wasn't painful, you know, like we're conditioned to think that birth is this excruciating experience and mm. labor is like, you know, a woman, a woman can only tolerate like 52 units of pain and labor is a hundred, you know, they say this nonsense and it just yeah, yeah, yeah. painful. And, you well, know, it's so felt, different for everyone, isn't it? And it can be painless. Yeah. Like I felt pressure in my hips, but I, I didn't, my brain didn't recognize that as being painful and being any indication that, that I was going to have a baby anytime soon. Like I, I actually thought it would be hours and hours and hours. Like 
I thought that it, that was the beginning of it, you know, when really I was like, I had a baby at like 6.30-ish. So, yeah. <laughs> um, I love that so much. Really quick. Almost too quick. But I don't know. <laughs> you know, I'm kind mm. of like, oh, I want to be like decimated by the experience. Like I want to be like, that was the hardest thing I've ever done and I did it. But it was really easy for me. <laughs> mm. It just... I don't know. It just just happened. Like I just let it happen and it just happened. Yeah. Um, so I hopped out of the bath and like I've got footage. Maybe you had moved. No, sorry, sorry. I was like, no, I was sorry. just going to say, maybe you had moved like a lot through your body with that whole, that year of grief that you went through. Like it's like you moved some stuff through and it's like. Yeah. I know, think I just. Hedy's, um, Hedy's labour and birth was actually like the timeline of her birth was basically identical to Ardell's. So I think that's just how I birthed. The difference being hers was sort of interrupted and had this whole like pain and trauma element to it and Ardell's didn't have that interruption and so it just carried yeah. on going. Um, but I really think it's I've done a lot of like unlearning about pain and, you know, I just I fully... Yeah that if you just let your body do it and allow the physiological process to take place and allow those hormones you know not not to interject in the hormone cycle of birth and labor then it'll just happen yeah and also <laughs> like the, the preparation and um I feel like sometimes pain is like a it's like a signal for other things as well which can be like emotional or you know past yeah, trauma and yeah, that's really in, in your body that you've just got to move through. Do you know the what I mean? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm. And I, probably for some women that that would be true. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So I hopped out of the bath, and I've got footage of it. And when I look at the footage, I'm like, oh, it's so obvious. I'm in transition. Like, <laughs> like I look at that, I'm like, oh, that's a that's a woman in transition. Like, I'm like wild and like rocking back and forth and like pounding my hips and everything but at the time I genuinely had no idea what was happening like I just I don't know I just was doing it and I I didn't think oh like I didn't I wasn't reading into the meaning of it I was completely not analyzing it so I'm so glad I was able to just like completely step back from medicalizing it and analyzing it and you know, timing things and, and things like that, which I'm I'm so scared that my training would not allow me to do that. And, you know, mm. it's taken a lot of work to, like, undo that damage, but I really had no idea what was going on. <laughs> mm. So that was beautiful just to be able to, like, fully experience it without any fear or, um, you know, something in the back of my head, like, oh, this hasn't happened or tick this box, you know, that sort of stuff. So mm -hmm. that's amazing. Um, then what happened? Yeah, so I was sort of walking around like a wild animal <laughs> um, for a couple And your food of hadn't arrived yet? Food hadn't arrived yet. It was probably being made at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I sort of love that. I wonder if he's, like, going to have an interest in India. <laughs> And then um, I, I remember just, like, kneeling down. Oh, I 
think I knelt down, had a really big drink of water, lay down for a little bit. Henry was pressing on my back and um, just, yeah, the, the counter pressure was really good. I was getting lots of like sensations in my hips, but I don't remember any like vaginal or like pelvic sensations. It was just like, I couldn't feel any movement. There was no, you know, not even like leaking or blood or nothing like that. So I, I really genuinely thought it would be hours and hours. I'm thinking he's still right up, you know, he hasn't really engaged yet or something because I just couldn't feel anything pelvically. But I remember trying to feel my cervix and I could feel like his forehead. I was like, oh, like, wow, there's a head like right there, like literally like a couple of centimetres into my vagina, I can feel a head. But even that didn't make me go, oh, I'm about to have a baby. I was still like, oh, it'll be like six hours away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I remember kneeling up, feeling his head sort of, just having a little rest, having a big drink and then having this sensation and I thought I needed to wee and so I like squatted over a bowl and just the four waters just went push into the bowl, which felt so good. It's like the best feeling in the world when your water's released. It was just like all this pressure just was lifted and then literally a second later I was pushing out this head and it was just complete full um, fetal um, ejection reflex. There was no cognitive, like I was not consciously doing anything. It just all of a sudden I was pushing a baby out and I was so shocked, honestly, like because I, I a minute beforehand felt and still gone, oh, it'll be hours and hours. So I was like, oh, my goodness, like what is happening right now? <laughs> so I'm like kneeling up. I'm trying to like kind of catch him with my hand and Henry's like quickly Are you moving. in the bath still no so I'd hopped out of the bath and I was just sort of squatting next to it on these oh, blankets okay, right. um I have to have visuals of this and it, the room was set up beautifully like I had um this carpet and like towels on the ground and cushions and there was music and candles and I had a beautiful birth altar and we just um, completely decked out this bungalow to be this like birth haven. <laughs> it was amazing. Yeah, I love it. Um, yeah. So, um, he's he just emerged from me like so quickly, so easily. Like he just there was no resistance. Like he just moved through me like a like a fish, just really easily, just sort of glided out. Um, it was so quick. I didn't really have time to reposition myself to catch him. So I was kneeling. So he just went flop onto the floor <laughs> and Henry's like quickly moving the camera to be able to film it. Um, and he was perfect. He cried straight away and just, yeah, cuddled him straight away and kissed him. And I didn't know he was a boy. So I saw he was a boy and that was amazing. I was kind of so did you bring him up to yourself like when you well, were you squatting and like brought him up yeah so I picked him up but his cord was so short that I could really only hold him like at my like at my vagina really he had the shortest umbilical cord mm. so um I, I had to hold him like right right here 
I couldn't really even bring him up to my chest properly. Um, so I hopped back in the bath so he could be warm while I was while I birthed the placenta. And oh, the placenta birth was so great. I'm really, I'm so proud of myself for doing that because Hedy's placenta was quite tricky to, to get out. Like there was lots of, oh, I don't know, again, I think it was fear. I was, mm. you know, I was so scared and it was quite painful and I remember like there was a bit of pulling involved and there was, you know, talk of transfer and like all this stuff with the midwives getting her placenta out. And it was really quite painful. Like I don't think it was ready to be birthed, but then they were like, oh, you know, you've got yep. to get the placenta out. Like yeah, we're on a yeah, timeline. Yeah, kind of thing. Um, yeah. So his placenta just like, I think it was like 20 minutes after, I just like pulled it out, like flipped it into the bowl. Like, and I was like, like was just oh it was the most liberating like powerful moment was the birth of his placenta um yeah that was so cool I I, I still am like oh wow I can't believe I did that <laughs> that was amazing um you you are amazing I was so like conscious at that point as well like just yeah really feeling my body really you know not not looking at at the blood and going, oh, that looks like a lot of blood, but feeling in my body, how do I feel? Do I feel faint? No. Do I feel dizzy? No. Okay, so I'm fine. Like, yeah. you know, we're, we're taught not to do that. And that's that's a skill we, we lost, I think, as as humans, yeah. women, humans, to not yeah. you know, analyse our own bodily feelings. As soon as anything weird happens, it's, oh, Just go. Just to check in. No, yeah, exactly. So that was so just great. Like anything too, right? Like someone asked you something and you're just like, oh, and you quickly answer. But I always try to say to people, how does that feel in your body? We're just and I've to had like friends say, actually, like, no, I don't want to do that. And I'm like, sweet, because either do I. See ya. Yeah. Just, yeah, we're taught to. That's amazing. Any power, any responsibility, any, you know decisions just I don't know responsibility fully yeah yeah so just entirely that and just do it was I mean so simple and so easy but also so powerful and so liberating um the placenta came out we just popped it in a bowl and I cuddled him on the couch and fed him and we just like looked at this beautiful baby and he was so perfect and Henry had skin to skin and it was just beautiful and I think it was a couple of hours later Henry cut the cord the cord was really short so I sort of had in my mind to do like a a lotus like a full lotus birth but the cord was so short it was just annoying and I was like no I'm done with this like get that out yeah (laughs) um yeah yeah which again was really different to Hetty's experience because with Hetty, they the midwives were like, oh, you know, it's time to cut the cord. And I really didn't want to. Like just intuitively, I was like, no, I I am so scared to do that. I was so scared that she would feel it. And they were like, no, no, like it's time to cut the cord now. She won't feel a thing. And I have this on, I have video footage of them cutting her cord. Um 
and she was like this tiny little thing all blissfully asleep you know against my breast and as soon as the cord cut she like startles awake and like starts grizzling like yeah. she was not ready for that not ready yeah. I, I knew that but I didn't I just I you know I couldn't advocate for myself in that moment because I just you know I'd you know outsource all of that responsibility to them unfortunately mm. um so just just to be able to feel in and go are we done with this yeah we are okay time to cut it and then just for that to be okay and was really lovely just feeling everything out as it happened was the most beautiful natural thing um yeah so that was so easy <laughs> and, and we when call you have any when yeah. you have a free birth in you know it's just birth really I hate calling it free birth actually no, when you have a birth with no birth attendance around you kind of do have like more time don't you to feel into your body and to, into your baby and you don't feel like you're on the clock like you don't have people wanting yeah. to clean up so they can go home exactly we need the bed mm. come on get out like eat your sandwich and get your placenta out and go but even at home even at a home birth with a midwife like I in the past have been very aware of like not wanting to take up their time and they want to go do you know appointments or they need to clean up the space and they need to go home and do paperwork or whatever so you do end up kind of defaulting into that good girl or whatever you know making life easy for everybody else and um you but you might have needed more time just to to lay there and integrate and but you are gonna say yes to things just to make everybody else's life easier if that makes sense and you know like I don't I don't like saying things like this but like you've paid them so like they've got to do something so you just sort of go along with whatever they're suggesting even and you don't you don't listen to your own you know, your own intuition or your own feelings about it. You just fully outsource and go, yep, 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 whatever. Like, you know, like I didn't even question anything. I just was whatever they said, I just did, you know. Yeah. Um, oh, it's so different. So, yeah, just to be allowed however many hours I wanted just to hold him and look at him and love him was that's such a gift in itself, you know. It's just a whole that. different vibe, isn't it? It's just like... 100% on your own terms your own timeline it's just unfolds the way it needs to and for the baby as well like you know maybe they need more time and yeah I think I think you know mothers and babies are so connected and we know what our babies need and like Hetty was she was not ready to be separate from her placenta and I knew that and I let him cut it you know but for him I just it was so different. It was such a different experience. <clears throat> so I'm so glad he got that. I feel so bad that Hedy didn't, you know, but it's all, it's all lessons. <laughs> yeah. It is. Yeah. Yeah, I, just, I feel really bad that Hedy didn't get the time that she needed and really that I needed to fully transition. Um, I'm so glad that Adel did. And, I, I, you know, I see that there's lessons in Hedy's experience and my experience but also I grieve what, you know, what could have been for that birth. Um, yeah. Even though it wasn't like, you know, I think, you know, some people just, you know, forceps and 
cesareans and episiotomies and all these awful, awful things. I don't know. You know, obviously that's much, can be much deeper trauma, but even still I'm like, oh, like it could have been so much better. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, there's lessons in it all, I suppose. But then don't you think too, like I, I think of my first birth and I'm like, oh, but then also like that is also one of the reasons why I was able to have the birth that I did even with my son and her because I she showed me something like because it's like you know I did they with them lessons like I feel like my lessons with my first was like I did give my power away so much and that's I always circle back to that like where am I giving my power away now looking like to be able to look back at it from the perspective I do now like thinking at the time that I was doing the absolute best thing possible for my baby and myself and then looking back now and going oh my god what was I thinking like but you know what you don't know what you don't know and I really I really didn't know and I'm just so glad I do now (laughs) I'm so, so glad. And I'm so glad yeah. that I didn't have to have like, you know, the hospital experience and then and then the home birth with midwives and then the, you know, and then the doula and then, you know, and like 10 kids later and I'm still like, oh, this isn't right yet, you know. Like I'm just so glad that yeah. I, learned, I learned lessons when I did to be able to, you know, claim it for Ardell and, and claim it mm. for most I did yeah and it helps how us have your... more compassion too for oh, other sorry. women no 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 well, I was just saying it helps us have more compassion for other women yeah it really does and to just yeah to understand all different mechanisms I think of birth and of trauma and of systems to be able to support women mm. Mm. totally how was your postpartum how was that different to your first it was so good <laughs> so I told myself I was gonna stay in bed for a month and not get out of bed for a whole month but I am I learned very quickly that I am not that person <laughs> I I just couldn't so I think I stayed in bed for a couple of days and really only got up to you know have a shower and things like that but I was I felt really okay so I was pretty much able to potter around the house within about a week I think of having him you know go for little walks and um we had oh just you know the most amazing women in our community like I didn't have to cook for more than a month we just had the freezer was like chock-a-block full like full of food like so that was amazing um one of my dear dear friends used her like entire annual leave to come down and stay with us and help which was such a blessing um I wish I I wish I allowed her to help more than I did I was very much like oh like don't get used to the help you know so gotta gotta do it by myself because you know there's no point getting used to it and then having her leave and be like oh my god you know I can't do it So I, I should have yeah. let yeah. her do more than I did, but I'm still so glad. I had a really, really gentle, like, nourished postpartum. That, really that, don't you reckon that that is, like, a un, an, another unpacking in itself? Ooh. Um, like, receiving yeah. help. 
help but I know I'm I cannot do that it's so intense I'm I'm still it's still a lesson I'm like learning is being like hey I'm you know I can't do this can you help me I'm so bad at it (laughs) oh like I even remember being in postpartum with her and like 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 Lucy and a lot of my other friends like saved me like came in and said no you don't need to do that like sit down I I felt like I I needed it I needed someone to say that to me because I'm like we base our like worth around our how productive we are it's it you're so it's so true yeah you're so right and I haven't been able to shake that as much as I would have hoped but I I see it like and I see when I'm doing it now you know um yeah still learning that (laughs) still practicing yeah I think we all are though Mm. but I, I mean overall postpartum was is just so like quiet and gentle and yeah I yeah. just felt so held by my community and so loved and nourished and it was just bliss bliss, bliss. you're still in deep postpartum <laughs> I really feel like I am you know we've got this whole thing of like oh you know 40 days or whatever but like I I still have days where I need to just stay at home and not talk to anyone <laughs> just oh, stay oh, there. I, I feel like I'm still in deep postpartum like yeah, yeah. at some days just like why like help me I need ends. help it never ends yeah it, postpartum is it doesn't ever end the next phase Whatever. of your life yeah it really is <laughs> um oh, and that was, that's such a beautiful 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 story like you have been on a journey <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah and you are a midwife you are mm-hmm. a traditional midwife even though you didn't graduate like you just have that aura about you like one of the most amazing things was um the birth that I attended last October I went into a shop that was like owned by the family that had the baby I think it was like one of the grandparents or something and they were like oh are you Annie are you the midwife and I kind of went like oh no I don't know like oh like I had this sort of moment of faltering being like what am I I don't know what my role is here what my title is like I I I, in the moment I knew what I was doing obviously was midwifery like I was holding space for a family as they welcomed their baby in earthside and it was really intuitive but like afterwards I was like oh like I didn't want to like tell people and that sort of thing. And he was like, yeah, 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 you're the midwife. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I am. Oh, that's so beautiful. How healing. I am a midwife. It's so healing, isn't it, to be seen and like validated in like your essence of who you are. Really. And I'm, I'm just so glad that I've found, you know, this space of being able to practice midwifery in an authentic way and, and claim it again because I was so when I left training I was so lost in that identity and and just thought well I can I you know there's no other space for me in the birth world it doesn't exist it's medical midwifery and I, I literally didn't know about pre-birthing and birth keeping and doulas even like had no clue that that was a thing which is just insane like and I'm, I'm assuming there are 
medically practicing midwives that don't know that women free birth like I would have been one of those midwives I think mm. if I had a state I just I had no clue about that this whole other world um I'm just so glad I found it <laughs> thank you Henry for telling me yeah <laughs> oh that's so I feel, amazing I feel like you've got a bit of an Ina May vibe about you <laughs> I so I read spiritual midwifery when I was practicing and I mean She's pretty medical though. Like, if yeah, you read she is. Her, like, hey, it's like it's mm. basically nursing on a farm. Like, but even that, like, that seemed so radical when I was training, and mm. I was like, wow, like this is amazing. Mm. This is what I want to do. But then, and they were telling us, go read spirit. If you want to be a good midwife, go read spiritual midwifery. And so we'd read it, and then just be like, well, when are we? I've ever never read it. All of it. Stickly like this woman is. Like, it doesn't exist in this. Mm. this world that we're in you know but in terms of like that grassroots midwife yeah. you know being in community with other women who can mm. call upon you and like your knowledge and skill set yeah. and being Perhaps. a space holder in that way you definitely are like back in her time how she was practicing yeah. and the skills that she was learning was so radical and oh, reclaiming sure. that for the women because it was like even though she did so many um hands-on medicalized things it was so so much worse what was happening in the system like and well I mean that was back in the day where they were literally just drugging women yeah and fathers weren't being present at the birth and it was it was a bit off very disconnected oh I just oh it makes me like shudder I just feel ill you know thinking about it (sighs) but yeah I feel feel like you've got that You've got your crocheted blanket in the background and like your sweater and you've just got this beautiful maternal like vibe, but you're also like super powerful and fierce when you speak. So I'm like, it's, you've definitely got the Virgo Leo thing going on. Mm-hmm. Thank you. No, I love it. You're amazing. Yeah. Just- you're definitely reclaiming, reclaiming birth and motherhood, yeah. you know, for the yeah. world. And this is, the work this is the work of our generation it's us stepping up and even though it can be a bit harrowing at times and overwhelming and you know we're on that front line but it's so necessary and um yeah yeah I applaud you you're amazing well done thank you so much for sharing your story medicine as well because you're going to inspire so many people I'm so glad that I could because when I when I first learned about free birth it was through hearing other people's stories that I think I got the confidence to be able to delve into it and to really start unpacking medical midwifery and medical birth and, you know, to come full circle and sort of give back in that way is so powerful. So thank you so much for the opportunity. Thank you so much for coming on today. I'm just like, like, like slyly looking at your Instagram already going, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, we'll share, this we'll share so your Instagram good. so people can go have a little stalk at your amazing keep, birth photos. Yes. I keep changing my Instagram username. I think I'm happy with what it is at the moment. So share away. That's okay. okay. Allowed, I, I like that. I like when I see people change their Instagram name up <laughs> and stuff like that. So we go through all these different phases and these different exactly. up levels. Yeah. And it's like, so actually, bad. fuck it. I'm this person. I yeah. didn't know. I like it. I feel like I've changed like three yeah. times last week. I think I'm happy with it now. But um, no, I like so it. I, I'm into it. I'm really hoping to do more birth work in the area. So, um, yeah, if anyone's in East Gippsland and they want to unpack anything, just 
hit me up. Yeah. <laughs> Incredible. We'll share your details in the show notes yeah, we'll and we'll tag you. We'll, we'll put that. Yep. Thank you so much again, Annie. So much. Lovely to meet you both. You're amazing. <laughs> yeah, you too. That was so epic. Thank you.